Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Welcome back everyone to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for technology leaders and listeners over 50 countries. I'm your host, Pam Kubiatowski. I'm so excited about our episode today. We have a very special guest, Zscaler's own CTO, Sham Nair, to discuss what are the visions, what are the future he sees for Zscaler and all the opportunities for innovation and how actually AI will enable our future here at Zscaler. For those of you who may be unfamiliar with him, he's over 25 years in the technology industry. He has stints at Microsoft and Salesforce, among other tech companies, and holds multiple board seats and master degrees in both computer engineering and business. It's my great pleasure to welcome Sham Nair to the show. Thank you, and thanks for having me. I, it's a privilege just to be here and you know speak to you. Now, for the listeners who may not know, how far are you into your journey? We, we know you started this past May in 2023, but how are you, um, you know, how are you seeing your journey here at Zscaler and, and any key learning so far? Yeah, so more often than not, when I'm new, I tend to talk about this in baby ages, so I'm about 100 days in, uh, you know, then, then it gets to months and then years. The key learnings for me is uh, one Zscaler as a company and the culture, which is, you know, what I, I tell folks, drive, passion, and pride of ownership, pride of making customers successful, pride of the technology that has been built. That's something that I see everywhere as I walk around, talk to employees, whether they're in engineering, whether they're in sales, whether they're in customer success, whether they're in legal. So that's a, that's a key learning for me in terms of the strength that we bring in from that aspect. I often believe drive, pride, and passion are not things that you can teach. They need to come from within. Having said that, it is the opportunity of Zscaler from where we are today to become one of the biggest and the largest enterprise software companies, enterprise cloud companies. That's exciting to me. And the reason for that is as cloud and infrastructure grows, as the use of artificial intelligence and ML-based models grow, every customer is looking at protecting their data, protecting their employees, protecting their environment. So cybersecurity becomes critical. And the data we have by that we collect as part of metadata as well as data for our customers through the inline communications becomes a new value creation mechanism. So I'm super excited with where Zscaler is today, as well as the opportunity to serve our customers and make them successful in this new world of infrastructure, cloud, and AI, which will continue to grow. You've worked at some of the uh, most recognizable tech companies in the industry. Um, you've also been head of product for some of those companies as well. When you look at business productivity tools in use today, you know, how, how does it feel to have played such a key role in developing how we, basically how we do business today? I think one, one thing I would say is um, part of this is luck. And I, I don't want to give credit anywhere else. Uh, but part of that is also what I often talk about in my own career as uh, planned happenstance. Uh, it's kind of an oxymoron to say that, but 
looking at the opportunities, both in terms of the where the industry is heading, looking at where the technology is heading, working with a group of people who are passionate, that's what has actually helped me be ready to take on something bigger. And I just been lucky that I got a great opportunity at uh, Microsoft as Microsoft went through the cloud transition from on-premise software for server, being able to work on uh, stateful databases, NoSQL databases, and in the cloud. And then similarly, work on uh, productivity applications like Marketing Cloud, where marketers currently use about 20 to 30 different applications, and how do you actually automate their journey? All of that being done in one shot uh, through uh, enterprise software. So I would say it's been a great learning. It's been also part of uh, the equation where I feel like I was lucky to be part of it. And I'm happy that I was able to contribute uh, towards that. You actually touched on a couple times now culture and people. And it's so important, right? Because that's who makes us successful. And I've read somewhere that actually you um, there have been times in your career, you've been in charge of teams of up to a thousand engineers. That blows my mind. How do you even ensure, how, how can you ensure your teams remain focused and head in the right direction with such a massive team under you? And, and this was multiple times. At the end of the day, uh, it's all about problem solving and you tend to solve problems with the people. So people process in technology. And I uh, I learned this early in my career as a leader, you know, simplify leadership role. And this came from one of my previous companies where we would talk about what is the role of a leader? A role of a leader is to bring in clarity, synthesize all the complex informations out there, bring in clarity, create a vision. Then the next role of the leader is to create the right positive environment Energy, whether it is positive or negative, is always contagious. And when you create an environment where there is clarity, there is passion, you, you, you get the best results. Leave your engineers, leave your employees to get the, deliver the best results, which becomes your destination or even beyond your destination. So clarity, energy, results. That's the mantra I often use. The, to scale, one of the most important aspects of it is, you know, um, I'm a, I, I read a lot and uh, everywhere you read about it, you will hear that Dunbar's law, which says that no more than 150 people can be in your network, that's real. So even if you have 1,000, I have add up to the, like 3,500 engineers working for me in a team, that's not something that I will know about every 3,500 engineers. So what we really need to do is, Oftentimes, I jokingly coined the term uh, SaaS in a different way, which is speed, agility, autonomy, and scale of decision-making is super important. It's only about 20% of the decisions that need to be highly deliberated. Everybody from the bottom engineer who is working on it to the, le the senior most leader need to be engaged in. 80% of the decisions need to be uh, uh, made at a lower level and empowering team. So, I've always focused on empowering teams at the same time holding teams accountable. That I would say is one of the ways that I've been able to scale and you know achieve. You know, and at the end of the day, the more we simplify leadership, the more we feel like it's not about our ego, not about us feeling in control of it, not about us being right. It's about enabling others. It becomes much more easier to manage. That really is a um, a unique view on it, um, Sham. I think too many leaders try to keep such control of the organizations 
in the, and keeping them directed and where they want to be versus allowing that creativity, that uniqueness that each individual brings, right? To see where can something go. Um, sometimes I think, you know, we, we hinder sometimes our employees when we lose sight of allowing them. And why did we bring them into an organization, right? And, and having the, the, the scale that you had, I, I, that's really an interesting take on this for me. So thank you. You know, I used to tell some of my early managers that choices people make, a, a manager's job is really deciding and making a decision based on choices others have made good and bad. And so, you know, and, and where does a technology go to? So interesting. You know, since arriving here at Zscaler, um, you, you've actually discussed a lot about being a values-driven leader. And what do you consider your guiding principles and, and how do you think they've contributed to your professional success? Uh, that's that's a very important question and something that very near and dear to me because at the end of the day, I believe your own personal values, being aligned with the company's values and how you behave and how you act within those value system is super important. For me, there are three critical values any time. You know, values keep on evolving, but for me, the three critical values are purpose, are we doing something? Is there a purpose? What is the purpose behind it? Can I align to the purpose? Second is belonging. Am I working with people, with others who have the same purpose? Is there a belonging in terms of how we are achieving? Is it for the common good? The third is integrity, which is in terms of what am I saying? Am I doing what I'm actually talking about? Am I, do I have the best interest? So for me, purpose, belonging, and integrity is super important. And if you look at a company like uh, Zscaler, where, where I'm super happy to be, the value of topic, which includes teamwork, you know, collaboration, making sure that open communication, uh, innovation, making sure customers are successful. So the, the five values very much align with the purpose that I would like to work on anything, whether it is professional or personal in my life. It also aligns with that belonging where I see people with pride and passion and so that that's that that is something uh, which is clearly defining for me. And the other aspect of the values is also look, I, I every human being, every one of us is a package. Package means we also bring in our own packages. So sometimes it is about knowing what my trigger points are. Uh, I I often do this uh, almost every day. Uh, I go take a blank sheet of paper. I write on it how my day went. It's a reflection point. There are always uh, a comeback with, okay, I could have done something differently here. Here was the situation. Here is how I behaved. Here is potentially some of the impact that it would have had on others. Here is how we could have done differently. So reflecting on it, knowing what my trigger points are, and when I know there is a trigger point, you know, how should I actually behave? That's, that's key to, for me as a leader, uh, that makes me uh, grow professionally. And lastly, what I would say is, Everything is a journey. It's a journey of continuous learning, continuous improvement. I believe one of the outcomes that I want to achieve as a leader, whether it's in technology, whether it is elsewhere, is to just become a better human being. So I think my value system and how I behave helps me get to the world I, where I want to get to as a, as a person. Do you find, Sham, that 
your values are are, are so so impressive and, and really thought provoking. I would I would have to think you start to find others that would gravitate towards you. Um, many leaders, uh, you know, talking from some experience, not often do you see someone at your level having such self reflection that actually relates back and helps the organization. You're constantly thinking, you know, that I think is a unique perspective that many don't see very often. Do you find that many will follow you or, you you know, you've you've moved from phenomenal companies. Do you find that there people look and kind of gravitate towards you because of your values? In my experience, it's most of us reflect and most of us have, I think, have self-reflection. But what we often experience is when we are in the moment, it is very hard to self-reflect. It is very hard. When you're in the moment, what comes out is I often tell people, when you put anybody on the defensive, then expect defensive behavior because you have to realize you're challenging and it's natural instinct, right? It's a fight or flight in- instinct that human beings are. That's that's the hormones that we have <laughs> from that standpoint. So. The question uh, that you're asking, I would say if it takes time, but once you start relating to people, and I often, you know, and many of these are professionally what I learned through uh, professional coaching, uh, professional experiences, mentoring, you know, what what I've learned is if you start thinking about the problem and solving the problem, not worshipping the problem, but looking at what the problem solution is and take your personal, it's not about me, it's about solving the problem. In many cases, you will see everybody is working towards their values and most of the values are aligned. You know, some people would actually say, I often ask this question, hey, in your values, you don't have family. Is family not a value? Of course it is. It's, you know, the purpose, the belonging, that actually has a family ingredient in it. I may be speaking about it differently than others. So I do believe... uh, there is a lot of uh, correlation uh, or there's a lot of common belonging in terms of a lot of the values of most of us working together. There are also going to be people who have differing values based on their experiences, based on what the outcomes they are looking for. And I think, you know, it is for all of us to accept because we are all different. That actually makes us much more complete from that standpoint. So, I wouldn't say somebody gravitates towards the same values, but I think that value-based, you know, here is letting people know what my values are helps create better relationship with your team, better relationship with other stakeholders so that everybody knows how uh, I am acting in a particular situation. It also makes it easier for people to give me feedback because, you know, feedback is a gift. And I, I jokingly say it's a gift, whether you return it in the store or whether you throw it in the trash or whether you use it, it's up to you. Let's, let's not hold the feedback giver accountable for that, right? So I think that the, the, the openness around, around one's value helps create that relationship. Sorry, it was a long-winded answer, but that's how I think about it. No, that was, that was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for those insights too. So now pivoting more towards technology, what excites you about Zscaler's solution set and to the point that you actually wanted to join the company? I would actually say uh, 
the primary motivator for me to join the company was beyond technology. It was more uh, uh, my chance interaction with uh, Jay and Jay and I were chatting and the couple of things that came about when Jay was talking to me, which was how curious he was to learn, how curious he was to understand what I have done. And, you know, it went on and went on and he was asking me all of these questions, the amount of time he is investing and at no point I felt like he was, uh, he was telling me anything, it was all about absorbing and learning. So that curious mindset, that learning mindset was one. Second, you know, very early on when we had this conversation, uh, I was a privilege to talk to Jay, but after that I just mentioned to Jay, hey Jay, look, I'm not a security guy, neither I'm a networking guy. Why are we even talking? And Jay had this mindset where he said, Sean, look, if I was just purely looking for networking and security folks, I will hire them because that's my network. I know a lot of people. What I'm looking at is how do we leverage what we have here at Zscaler with experiences that is coming from the outside to make it a high growth, high growth cloud scale into 10x and define a new next generation of Zscaler because at some point, like every business, we will have an inflection point. That, that aspect of where he was looking at his, uh, not only his ambition, but also recognizing that we have to get ahead of the inflection point, bring in talent from the outside, work with the talent from the inside, stand on the giant shoulders of what Zscaler is today to build the next giant Zscaler. Those are the two things that kind of motivated me to consider and come to the company. Now, I do definitely believe in the technology that we have. Uh, Zscaler is, is become or is now mission critical for many of the businesses. It is providing cybersecurity in line of in line of the communication. So we are almost doubling uh, our transaction volume every 18 months, and that will only get faster and faster. So the the aspect of 10x scale across the board, scaling all of our subsystems. That's a huge, huge opportunity for a company and for a leader like me to actually be part of it. Uh, this just gives me goosebumps in terms of where we can get to. That's one. Second, as I previously mentioned, in the world of infrastructure growing, use of artificial intelligence going and starting last November with generative AI and chat GPT, you know, uh, even if I don't mention those two things in this podcast, maybe people will wonder <laughs> if we are having a real podcast, right? So ChatGPT and a generative AI, it's going to be essential that every business is going to be leveraging these technologies. But these technologies are also available to bad actors. So how do you make security get ahead of bad actors to use cyber, uh, to use artificial intelligence and uh, ML technologies at scale? How do you, we use AI and ML within our own world to actually protect I think it creates a huge opportunity for a company like Zscaler for its next uh, inflection point. So to me, that aspect of where we can add a lot of value, I think there was a Forbes article that talked about uh, the what we lose through cybersecurity is eight or $10 trillion. You know, how do we protect companies from not losing that money to bad actors? How do we jointly work within the industry? Because this is a, this is, where everyone needs to be involved in protecting our uh, infrastructure, protecting our users, protecting uh, our businesses and our IPs. It's a huge task. And uh, I'm just happy, privileged, feel privileged that I can just be part of the journey.
So you've touched on an important topic, AI. And, you know, many have commented, started commenting that we're heading towards a battle of AI versus AI with both attackers and defenders benefiting from related technologies. How do you see it? Is that how you see it? Or do you see it differently? No, it is. I mean, you know, I kind of, uh, as I was uh, as I was briefly mentioning or quoting uh, what I read in Forbes, eight to ten trillion dollars. I think if we rank the world's GDP or countries' GDP, I think there are only two countries that have a higher GDP than that. Uh, so that's that's an immense loss of. Um, financial loss, time loss, it's a huge loss to the entire enterprise ecosystem, to the to humanity in general. So I think it is going to be, uh, AI will be leveraged by bad actors. I'll use an example of uh, something that probably most of us are experiencing today. We always, you know, phishing emails, use, uh, phishing has been um, there for a while. And some of the phishing emails, you could actually find it was phishing emails based on how grammatically incorrect it was. Now with generative AI, phishing emails generated by generative AI, they, they, they speak better English than any one of us. So it is very hard to actually even figure out, oh, is it phishing from that standpoint? Of course, technology can uh, identify that. I'm using this as a simple example of in every walk, you know, impersonization, impersonation of person when in phone calls. In every walk of life, bad actors are going to take these technologies, leverage for their own good. Whereas it's our job to make sure that we are ahead of them leveraging these same technologies in identifying and protecting our users, protecting our assets, protecting you know the infrastructure, right? So I think you know, it is going to be a battle of AI versus AI just in the world of cyber. But on the other hand, AI is just going to make us all much more productive. I think there is always this concern about is AI going to take any take jobs away? You know, AI will, just like anything happened during the industrial revolution, you know, it'll make it simple, which means the job that I'm doing today may not be the job I'm doing tomorrow, but it's going to make us productive, make us more you know, being able to accomplish the purpose that we are on. So I feel that this is really uh, the best inflection point and probably the best in my career uh, where technology is showing a lot more promise towards how we can help humanity in general. So I'm, I'm a big believer in AI and I think at Zscaler, we have a great opportunity and we're working on some very cool things, which you know I cannot talk about today, but over the course of the next few months, we will start to talk about which will actually help us uh, lead the way in AI. Okay, so you you teased us a little there, Sham, because in your title, in addition to CTO here at Zscaler, you author you also have R and D in your title. And so, is there anything that you can maybe touch on a little bit as to? Areas maybe you're looking forward to investing investing in here at Zscaler? Yeah, I, I can kind of give a very brief this without going into the specifics of it. So our our platform, our zero trust uh, platform, zero trust exchange enables uh, our enterprises and their users to securely connect between you know SaaS applications, their own private applications, make sure that. Uh, we can modernize in terms of 
the zero trust network for them. So as as uh, uh, as a lot of these transactions flow through our systems, we capture a lot of data and metadata in terms of uh, what what those transactions are, right? And to an extent, you know, just to give you a number, we have about 500 trillion events that we actually capture. These events are all meaningful. The events in itself may not be as meaningful in in in, in silos, but when you correlate it and create, I mean, create insights out of it, they are extremely meaningful events. It can help us in doing many things. One of the key things that we talked about at Zenith Live uh, last year is about uh, breach prediction, which is ability to predict breaches, protect companies from breaches. You know, if you have been, um, if you've been watching this constant breach through social engineering or through other aspects that are happening where ransomware attacks have become much more common, how can we actually protect companies from it? So there are a lot of exciting capabilities that we can actually build on top of what I would call as our data fabric and our AI cloud. That's the that's where we are investing a lot of our time and effort. And you know, I'm looking to hire the best data engineers and AI ML uh, engineers and scientists of the world because this is going to be a remarkable capability that uh, every company is looking at to protect their users and uh, and their uh, intellectual property. So that's kind of at the highest level what I can talk about in the, over the course of the next three to six months, uh, we will have multiple products that come into the market in this particular space. Well, I know I, as well as many who are actually listening to this podcast, are looking forward to hearing more, seeing more. Um, it's exciting times to be here in, 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 in IT and technology. And so I'm so grateful for you to have taken the time. I know you are a very busy person to have taken the time to sit here, give us some of the insights into who you are, into what you see and how we can help, how you'll be able to help Zscaler keep advancing. So Sean, with that, I wish you and your teams the best because I, I'm sitting here watching, getting exciting about what's coming. And so I want to thank you so much for joining me and like to thank everyone for listening. Hope you found this as is just as interesting as I did. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you. And it's been a pleasure. And you know, thanks for having me. It's been a privilege just to sit and talk about some other things. And um, as you said, it gets me excited too, <laughs> to just think about where we collectively can uh, uh, get and help our customers. So thank you. Thank you so much. And Sham, hopefully maybe we'll give you some time to get, you know, get more into the role and, and advancements and so forth. But maybe we'll go ahead and look to maybe six months out. We'll we'll have you back on and let's talk about where you got to. We'll be happy to. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. And everyone, thanks again for joining us for another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Take care. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find Lisa Lorenzen and Pam Kubiatowski on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com or on LinkedIn. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. 
Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.